I think when I got Sydney cystic fibrosis, like diagnosis, I got mad at God. <laughs> like I went into my like time with him and just said, why are you doing this? Like, why me? Why am I having to walk through this? We had already done all the stuff with the twins. At that point, Leanna was still in physical therapy, occupational therapy. She was only four when Sydney was born. She was walking and talking and all that stuff then, but we didn't know what her long-term stuff looked like with having her brain bleed. And so I was just like, I'm already dealing with like therapy stuff. Stuff. Now I have to walk through this too, God. Like, what are you? What are you doing? And I think that that's an important thing to do is to like just be completely honest with God because He can handle it all. Welcome to Dreamers and Disciples. I am so pumped about this episode today. It is my favorite guest of all time. No one will ever be able to top this because I have my wife, Ferris Joy, on the podcast today. So welcome. Thanks. I'm excited (laughs) to be here. Uh, What's really funny is if you're watching this on YouTube, it looks like we're in two different places, but we're we're in the same house, just two different rooms because I don't have the cameras to record us together like this, but maybe one day. If I shout loud enough, maybe you can hear me in both mics. Or you can just run in here and give a little uh, <laughs> visual cameo. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast because you are just so full of joy and and wisdom and just a rock in, in my life and in our family and you have been the rock during so many of our ups and downs and you know health challenges with our family and i've talked about that some on this show and i go into it a lot in my book that's coming out and sometimes when i preach but people have heard about our family journey mostly from my perspective and not as much from yours And I think that there's so much that you can do to encourage people who are walking through a really dark season with their family. Because we talk about dreams on this podcast, and sometimes we relegate those dreams to just like career dreams or ministry dreams. But the dreams that we hold dearest to our hearts are dreams for our family. And so I want to make sure we get into all of that today. But first, I like to ask everybody who's on the podcast... What are you dreaming about right now? Well, first off, I just want to say, like, you said some very sweet, kind things about me, and um, I could just echo those right back at you. And I feel like this has been a fun season to see both of us just trying different things. And um, I've just been really excited to see your podcast and the book and all the things that you're doing. And so that makes me a very proud wife. But thank you for saying the really sweet things about me. Um But if I'm talking about what I'm dreaming about, um, I think it's a lot of things. Uh, I think there's a lot of dreams that we have for our family. Like we have our girls, our our twins are 15, and then our youngest is 10. And so I think both of us are like, let's create a lot of just great memories with our kids while we have them in this really fun season of life. And so I think we have a lot of dreams that seeing new things. We did the Grand Canyon and that was so much fun. And I think like getting to have little moments like that um, is a dream of mine just to like keep showing them different things in the world that God's created and um, and just getting to see their excitement too in a different stage of life. And um, so, yeah, I th- and I think they're also like kind of starting to pursue their own things. So I think as a mom, there's a lot of dreams that you have that just are like, you want to see your kids succeed and do really well in what they're excited about. So I think I'm trying to just like hold them up as much as I can. And I love doing that. And I'm really excited about that. Um, And then I think as the girls have gotten older, there's a little bit of me that's like, okay, maybe I'm not as much into like having to do things for them as much. Like we're not, everybody's self-sufficient. Like I'm not having to change diapers. I'm not having to like hold a bottle to their face. And so hopefully I'm not holding a bottle to a 15 year old's face. So that would be pretty crazy. Um, but, um, so I think there's like a little bit of room where you start going like, Oh, maybe there is a season now where I can start dreaming a little bit for myself. Um, mm-hmm. because at some point they are going to 
not be here and I'm not going to have as much of my day-to-day life centered around what they're doing. And so I'm just kind of holding my hands out. And we started something in our family, as you know, since you're part of the family, but um, where we do, (laughs) but for the listeners, um, but where we like sing Bible verses and we're trying to really get Bible verses like in our hearts. And so we're trying to figure out, is there a way that we could kind of make something like that so we could send it out to other people. And so I'm kind of really excited about that, but it is in a very little baby stage of trying to figure out what that will look like. So we'll see, we'll see where it goes. I'm really glad you teased that more, more to come later on that dream that you're currently (laughs) in the process of, of building. But, you know, you mentioned dreaming for yourself And that's been one of the things that I've loved watching in this season is you really asking God, Lord, what have you given me that I can use? What have you, what passions, what gifts, what things that might've even been laying a a bit dormant in one season that need to come to life in this season. And I, you know, I just released earlier a quiz called the dreamer quiz, which gives you your five unique dreamer profiles. Um, everyone falls into one of those five. So if you haven't gotten that already, it's a free quiz. Just go to wadejoy.com forward slash dreamer quiz, or just look at the, or go to the link in the YouTube description or the show notes. But I would say that you are a loyal dreamer. So you are really great and passionate about helping bring other people's dreams to life, whether it's the kids, whether it's, it's me, your family, your friends, you are so supportive. And I think that's brought you a lot of joy. But I also think the pitfall of the loyal dreamer sometimes can be, oh, well, I'm not allowed to dream for myself. You know, God doesn't want me to dream. I just need to support other people's dreams. And there's a beautiful aspect of the kingdom in pushing other people forward. But I still think God wants us to do something with what he's given us. So can you talk a little bit more about what that process has been for you to really discover what those dreams and passions are? And has that been hard for you? Yes. <laughs> um, also, the quiz is super fun. I loved getting it. And I did get the loyal dreamer. And if I could pull up my phone, I would show you my little screenshot of <laughs> the loyal dreamer um, thing that I got. But yes, I, I do think I love to support. I love to be in the background too. And so even being on this um, podcast video, whatever, um, it's hard for me. Like I, I like to be in, you know, the shadows and um, behind a computer, not like the video showing me. And so I think there's a lot of when you think about dreaming, sometimes you think you have to be in like the spotlight. And I tend to shy away from that. So I want to put the spotlight on everyone else and not have the focus be on me. Um, so that can be hard sometimes when then you're like, okay, well, what what specifically like would I really enjoy? And I remember being in um, a like class thing with um, Holly Furtick and she was like going through different personality types and um, one of the girls that I was kind of discussing with, her name's Kayla, but she has a similar personality to me. And so she was like, I actually had to start writing a list of things Kayla loves. And when I found something I really enjoyed, I'd write it down just so I could like say like, these are the things that I love. It's not something someone else told me to really enjoy or like I went along with it and then I had fun. Like it's purely like I get excited when um you know, these things come up. And so I started trying to be like, well, what are those things for me? And I, it was hard because I think I am such a, I guess, a people pleaser. Um, and I don't have a lot of strong opinions. So I can kind of go with the flow. And sometimes that will like, I think you're, you'll be a pretty agreeable person, but you won't necessarily be, um, pushing yourself towards something. And so that's mm-hmm. my, my setback is I, don't really push myself towards something. I might have a a little idea, but then when I'm like, okay, well, I'll need to put resources or time or stuff just for me to accomplish this. I then start shying away because I'm like, well, the girls will need me or I need to be available for Wade. So, or, you know, 
someone, my, my Bible study or whatever might need me or whatever it is. So I'll start pulling back from maybe something that I feel like could be a great idea or something I'm excited about just because I'm like, well, that'll cut into time that I usually give to other people. So that's kind of hard, yeah. I think, to break away from that because that's a good thing to want to help people and be there for them. Um, but I think you, I mean, there's lots of like books and everything out there for moms that just say like, you have to put time for yourself and you have to like still feed, you know, self-care, feed yourself, like have dreams for yourself. Um, and, and it may look very different. Like your dream may just be just being like there for your kids and being like the best mom you could ever be. And I think that's an awesome dream to have. Um, yeah. And that's like one of my, my main dreams, you know? So I think then though you can have like little side things that you get passionate about and you can see if God like continues to grow that or if that's just for a season. So I don't know, but yeah, I definitely am a loyal dreamer and I think it's hard to push out of just su- being the supporting role in a lot of people's lives. Yeah. And what you just mentioned there is, you know, it can feel selfish when you, actually want to take a step towards your dream or make time for yourself or like you said, self-care or just being healthy. But I think it's not selfish when done with the right heart. It's actually stewardship. It's it's saying, God, I want to be a faithful steward of what you've entrusted me or entrusted me with. And, and I've seen you do that in so many ways. I love that practical step of just making a list of like, these are the things that that kind of make me come alive, that bring joy to me, because I think those are indicators of how God's wired you, of you know when you feel close, closest to God, when you feel like you hear God's voice the most. There's so many indicators that we don't always stop and slow down enough to recognize, or we just move so quickly past it, we don't write it down, we don't make a mental note. So that begs the question for me right now, do you really love Star Wars, or did you just start <laughs> loving Star Wars because of me? I did could start be loving Star Wars because of you. But then I think it did become a true like love of mine. I got really into it. I started like, you know, knowing all all the characters and I probably would be the least likely to win a Star Wars trivia quiz in our family. Cuz I, I think our girls probably love it even more than I do now. But I could still hold my own, I think. I could get we're, a solid like B or B plus in Star Wars trivia. We're we're a like a hundred percent geek family. All things nerdy geekness. Yes. And that's probably my fault. Um <laughs> or something I just take a lot of pride and 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 credit for. You are a great person though of being really passionate about something and because you're so excited, it bleeds like into other people. Like they're like this is so fun. I want to be part of this. And so I feel like you had so many worship people who like just embrace Star Wars because they just love seeing you geek out with it. <laughs> it's a fine line between passion and obsession. <laughs> I kind of just hop back and forth. You know, I, I do want to encourage because I was convicted of this a couple years ago that I had been really selfish in our marriage and in, in thinking that or expecting you to support me in quote unquote my ministry or my dreams. And I wouldn't have said it that way, but I think sometimes I operated that way and I didn't fully turn that around and and, and put a lot of my focus into, well, how can I help Ferris accomplish what God's put in her heart? How can we truly do this as a team? Not just say we're a team, but it's really my thing, but how can we truly minister together as a team? We've had conversations about that and, you know, me finding ways to be more present at home and helping in some of the smaller things that I might have overlooked in the past, which feels like really embarrassing to admit. But I feel like it brought us so much closer together, even when we had some of those awkward conversations, like have I've been expecting you to just support me and I haven't done as good of a job supporting you. So I want to encourage all the husbands um, and maybe it's the other way around in your ma- marriage. Maybe um, wives need to support their husbands better. It's, I'm not saying it's either it's a man or woman thing, but I think within your relationship, is there this mutual encouragement, this mutual support, this mutual cheering one another on? I don't know if you'd want to speak to that at all. I mean, I think that's a hard place because you, you had for a year, you know, years, it was like, 
I mean, the, the woman's job was the home, you know? And so I think that's a, even outside of like the Christian dome, like just women in general are trying to figure out like, what is my place? Like, am I just supposed to work or am I supposed to be at home with my kids? Like that's a, I think any woman is struggling to figure out like what that looks like today. Um, and so I, I mean, I am, yeah, I am too. Um, cause I think I want to, I definitely want to be there for everything the girls do. And I want to like be a great, um, role model for them and have a lot of time with them. But, um, but also like in our family, I kind of need to work a little bit. And so I have to say, and thankfully I'm able to work from home, but, um, but I, you know, need to say, Hey, I, I have to work right now. So I'm going to be on my computer for a little bit. And so, um, so yeah, I think that that's a, a difficult, like, just maybe the, where we hear it, it's a tension to manage, not really a problem that you're going to always, you're going to solve. Um, but I, I think before we've had like some of the conversations recently, I thought if I was struggling, it might would be a burden to you because you were gone all day. You were, you know, having to deal with just a lot of like um, meeting with people who were struggling through something or, you know, like I knew that you had a lot of things that were on your plate um, when you were at work. And so I didn't want to say, Hey, I'm, you know, I have this part-time job, but I'm still struggling to get everything done at the house. Like I felt like that was, I just couldn't get my act together, I guess. Um, and so then when we actually like talked it through and you were just didn't even know, you know, like, I think there's this thing where you start putting like, well, of course they see that they need to do this and they just don't want to, but I don't think that's the narrative. I think just people's eyes aren't open to what's needing to be done unless they've been told. And some of the things too, like you've, you've seen me, like, I don't like, you know, stuff to pile up in the sink. And so that might not even be something you like care about, you know, like, Oh, if it gets piled up, then I'll just do it tomorrow. And so I think like some things that may be like a bother to me might not necessarily be something that would bother you. And then you just like, we had to have that communication. Like my socks on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) And then Sydney started doing it. So now I have double the socks on the couch, but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's like, you know, in marriage communication is key and you have to be able to say the stuff we have always talked about not saying stuff when you're super mad about it, but letting yeah. yourself like be kind of like, Hey, I'm not like trying to start an argument or anything, but um, you know, if you could pick up your socks off the couch and just put them in the dirty clothes, that would be, you know, a huge help. Um, <laughs> and so I think when you say it, when you say it in a way where it's not, you're like super frustrated, then it comes across a lot better. Um but yeah, I, I don't even know if I really answered that question. I was kind of jumping all over the place, but. No, I, th- I think, you know, it, it just comes down to communication of expressing, hey, this is a real tension. It's a frustration. And yes, I want to say it in a way that's not angry or vindictive, but sometimes you need to say, hey, this this does hurt and not assume someone knows, but then also at the same time, believing the best about your spouse. And I think that's one thing that, you know, I feel like when our marriage is the healthiest, it's when we're we're both vulnerable with one another, with what we communicate, but also like very much believing the best in the other person. And I think when those two things come together, uh, there, there's a lot of healing and health and unity that comes from that. But sometimes you have to push through some hard conversations and um, it took humility for you to say, hey, this bothers me. I don't know if you've seen your patterns here. And then it takes humility for me to be like, oh, dang it, you're right. <laughs> um, and so I think, you know, that's, none of that feels good at the time. It's always awkward, but I think no healthy relationship can avoid awkward moments or avoid tough conversations. Um, everything that we want in life is on the other side of something awkward. And so even in marriage, like you don't want to take the other person for granted. So you still need to have those conversations to check in with one another, not just about the good things, but about the painful things as well. Yeah. And I think too, like when you're thinking about, oh, I wish they would do this or like you have your little list of like the same has to be true on the other side. So 
Like there's plenty of things I know that I, you know, don't see or don't do that. You're like, oh, I just wish Ferris would do this. So I think just remembering like there's always a back and forth. And so when right. you have something like be and you want them to change, like be able to say, and when they come to me, like I can receive that change just like I wish that they would, you know, do. Mm-hmm. So I think just knowing like it goes, it goes both ways. It's not um, like there's no one perfect person in the relationship. I mean, you would be that one in, in ours. <laughs> not, no. Trying to get those, those bonus points here on the podcast. <laughs> um, let's, let's talk a little bit, though, about our journey with our kids, because that's another instance where, and for those of you, you might be tuning into this for the first time. So we, you've probably picked up on this already, but we have three daughters, Uh, twins that are 15. And then our youngest daughter is 10 at the time that we record this. And our twins were born three months premature, uh, one pound, 14 ounces, and then two pounds, five ounces at 27 weeks. Didn't give, the doctors didn't give much hope for survival. It got really, really scary for the three months that they were in the hospital, in the NICU. And God has done amazing things in their life since then. They're doing pretty much everything the doctor said they wouldn't do. We still have some challenges that we, we work through. And then our we had the courage after four years of really struggling with it. I felt like God finally healed our hearts, finally gave us the faith and the courage to have another child. And then Sydney was born with cystic fibrosis. And that just felt like a, a gut punch um, to our faith. And Sydney is doing amazingly well too. So God's been very, very kind to us on the other side of some scary diagnosis that we've gotten. But in all of those seasons, I feel like I was the one who would freak out. Like I'm more emotional. They would tell me in the hospital not to look at the monitors when they would beep. I would look at the monitors. I would freak out. Sometimes have to leave the room. Whereas you would just always seem so steady. And even like when one of the girls was having a Brady and her heart rate was dropping, you would be the one who would go in there before the nurse would, and you just flick their foot and get their heart beating again. Or, you know, you, you just seemed like you were so solid and not as scared as I was <laughs> during those times. I want to know, because I'm still fascinated by that. How did you process all of that as we were going through the hardest times of our life? How did you stay that steady? Did you really feel that way? When did you freak (laughs) out? And what have you learned through it? Oh, man, I don't even know. Like, I think what's crazy to remember back to is when the twins were born. I was 23. That's pretty young. Um, And so I probably just didn't even know what I was getting into or know what I was doing. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, if I... I think there's some things that God kind of puts in you. Like we actually had a conversation one time when um, someone in your family had gone to the doctor, like maybe we were just dating and, you know, they had been told like, oh, we need to go do do another test. And your whole entire family was just kind of like, oh no, oh no. Like what if it's, what if it comes back? What if it comes back? And I think I told you, I was like, let's not go there in our heads until like we get the actual result back. And I think it was maybe one, you know, one of our, we don't fight a lot, but it might've been one of our moments where we didn't see eye to eye, but you were just like, but it could be, you know, the worst. And we, we, we need to prepare ourselves for that. I got upset that you, I I got (laughs) upset that you weren't upset enough. I remember this. Yes, 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 you did. You got upset. And I was just like, let's just wait, let's just see how it plays out. And then actually it was great news. The person did not have anything, you know, going on. And, um, you know, so we were like, oh, you know, that's great. So I think like, I don't know if there was something early on in my childhood or something that helped me just see um, there's really no point in like worrying too much about stuff. Um, But I think even though it's easy to say that is so true, like I think I kind of adopted um, with the girls just, with all three of them, but just this kind of mentality of, I'm not going to even process that in my head until we're there. And that helped, you know, all the beginning stuff, like, cause we had about five weeks with Sydney where we had no idea what was wrong with her. She was in the NICU um, for the five weeks, her intestine had ruptured and we like the doctors just kept being like, we don't know what's going on. Um, so she had like multiple 
different tests for different diseases that all mimic certain things that she had. Um, and it wasn't until the newborn screens came back like five weeks in that we actually got the concrete evidence. And they had told us at one point, you know, cystic fibrosis is on the list, but we, sh- there's some things that aren't showing that it's exactly that. So instead of like going online and Googling, you know, every time a disease was there, Googling all the, um, you know, horrific stories or something, I just was like, I'm not going to go there until we, we have a real diagnosis. And, you know, that's, I don't want to like put myself in that mental place. I just want to be there for them in a clear mind. Um, and so, I mean, and, you know, I think it was, it was really cool to see how God though would help us both because there were definitely some moments where I just, the, the emotion of it all would get to me and I would break down. And then that's when like kind of God lifted you up to be strong for me. And so I think that we kind of like went back and forth and helped each other. And, and that in itself, like there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of times where, like you are just processing it alone and you want to isolate yourself. But we chose to like say, we're going to do this together. And I think that was very helpful because we knew we were walking through something that was going to be a really tough emotional journey. And we had each other to each other to walk through it. Um, But yeah, I think, I think I just kind of adopted this like, let me just have the facts. And when I have the facts, then I'll process it and, and walk through so then, it. But, what, but what did you do then when you got the facts, Sydney has cystic fibrosis, those are not good facts. Those are scary facts. How did you then process that? And when did, can, when did you get scared? And what did that look like in your life? And how did God help you through it? I think when I got Sydney cystic fibrosis, like diagnosis, I actually, I got mad at God. <laughs> like I, I kind of went into my like time with him and just said, why are you doing this? Like, why me? Why am I having to walk through this? We had already done all the stuff with the twins. Um, we had walked through, I mean, at that point, Leanna was still in physical therapy, occupational therapy. We didn't know. I mean, she was only four when Sydney was born. So even that, like we didn't, she was walking and talking and all that stuff then, but we didn't know what her long-term um, stuff looked like right. with having her brain bleed. And so I was just like, I'm already dealing with like therapy stuff. Now I have to walk through this too, God. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Um, and I think that that's an important thing to do is to like, just be completely honest with God because he can handle it all. And David showed us in the Psalms, like he was like wishing his enemies death, (laughs) like say all (laughs) kinds of crazy stuff. And so God, like, I think when you try and go to other people and you start saying that kind of stuff, that's not a healthy thing to do. But when you just go to God and you say, I don't know why you do this because he's the one that's in control of all of it. I think that's a very healthy thing to do. Um, And then let God like process and work through. I think still recognizing that he's the one in control and he has my girls, our girls, whatever best interest in mind. Like that's his child first. Then he just let us be part of the journey um, and letting go of some of that. Like you owe me God. Like he doesn't owe me anything. He he's letting me have this gift of walking through this process with a beautiful child. And so, um, so getting to the prayer at that point too, like saying, I don't know why you're doing this, but I'm going to trust you and, but letting all the emotions come out with them. So I definitely did a lot of that with God. Um, and then I think like, I just went, I think I just still kept with the facts like, okay, now that we have the diagnosis, the next step is we got to find a CF clinic and just like go into the next step. I think whenever I would look like forward into the future, that was scary. And if I let myself go there too long with like, um, well, at this age is when they say, you know, things get bad or um, this is when typically they need a lung transplant. If I let myself go there, um, that was when I probably would get the most upset. But if I just said today, this is our challenge and this is what I need to do as a mom. Like I need to make sure Sydney takes her little enzymes on her applesauce and that's my task for today. Then I was able to like stay pretty clear minded. Um, So, so yeah, maybe it's just not like living in today helped me instead of 
um, which I know that's hard for some people who are more like future oriented, because I'm probably more of a like in the present, or even typically like think more like what used to be than than a future person. So, um, so maybe that was that helped me. I don't know. No, I think that's a really practical step is what are you actually facing today? And where do you need the grace and the strength and the power of God today? Because that's what's promised. It's promised what you need today, God will provide. He'll provide that strength. He'll provide the wisdom that we need, but we have to look to Him. We have to actually posture our heart in a place of of saying, God, I, I, I need you. I can't do this on my own. Speaking of that though, because you and I have had a lot of talks of not to talk about your weaknesses in front of all these strangers, which I'm going to do, <laughs> but you've cause I've built, I've built up your strengths a lot, but you. you've told me that it's hard for you to admit weakness or to admit that you can't do something in the moment. I don't think it's as hard for you after the fact to talk about, Hey, this was hard or this was a challenge, but like in the moment, sometimes it can be hard for you to ask for help. So where's the difference between, okay, I'm trusting God, I'm strong, I'm not going to freak out, I'm not going to worry. When did you see that cross the line from that into just trying to prove that you had it all together and not being vulnerable? Yeah, I, I actually think I did a lot of the twin stuff on just my like, I mean, I obviously like was praying a lot and stuff, but I was like, I'm going to be strong. I remember um, going into some store with both of their um, car seats, like, you know, the baby car seats. And I was like, I'm going to carry them in both arms and be like so strong. And someone asked me for help. And I was like, nah, I got it. Cause I was like, <laughs> I'm so strong. But I think that's like a good example and representation of sometimes how I mentally am. Like, I want to be like, I can do this all by myself. I don't need your help. I have my act together. And so sometimes it's really hard for me to even let people into where I I'm struggling or, or what I wish someone would help me with, because I still want to say I could, I I don't really need you, but I I do kind of want help. So it's a very like (laughs) tough, um, tough place to be. And I think I had a lot of friendships that struggled because I never really let them help me or like let them in enough. I just showed like the, the strong side of me. Um, and I think a lot of friendships grow when you say, I'm, I'm really struggling with this or I I need to help. And when they can say like, Oh, I want to come alongside of you and walk this journey with you. Then, I mean, that does so much for relationships that Mm -hmm. just strengthen it so much. So, um, so I think I got like, I think as I got older and maybe had a little bit less of this, like, I got to prove myself, you know, like I, I'm great at whatever I do. Like when I let go a little bit of that and got a little bit older, I think, um, I was like, I don't have to do all this. Like, why am I, why am I trying to show like I can do this all by myself? And I had started after we had Sydney, I don't remember exactly how long it was afterwards, but, um, someone came up to me and was like, Hey, if you ever start an e-group, which was a small group at our church. But if you ever start a group for moms that have children with special needs, like I would love to be part of it. And I was like, what? Like (laughs) we do this alone. Why would we get together? You know? And so um, I was like, okay. Like, and God kind of started stirring in my heart. There's some women in your church that would really, they really need to have someone that says, I get it. I understand. Um, Like it is hard. And people don't realize how hard it is. So let's like encourage each other. Let's pray together. Let's like help each other when your kid's going into surgery, like all that stuff. So when we started it, I feel like that was almost probably like my first real step into saying, it's good to have people walk the journey with you. And the only way Mm -hmm. that they're going to walk the whole time is if you just let them in and let them help. Um, and so, I mean, I wouldn't say that our, that group was necessarily like the ones cooking meals for each other because we just didn't have the bandwidth to do that for each other, but we were praying, we were sending text messages, we were meeting together and just saying like, what was your high and low this week? How are you feeling? What's going on with your kids? And just to have a place where you didn't have to like, like we all knew the medical terms, the, you know, 
the therapies, we would actually say like, have you tried this? Like, have you, do you know so-and-so they're great. So like being able to just have a community where, um, we got each other. That was really, really great. And I kept telling them cause I would see it in other people. I think you start seeing in other people like a, a weakness and you're like, Oh wait, I think I do that too. But it's harder for you to see it in yourself. So I would see them like really struggling. I'm like, Hey, do you have a friend that you could come and ask to like watch the kids for two hours just so you can like have a moment to breathe, you know, like, mm-hmm. cause some of them would have some very like, intense you know medical issues that they were their children were facing and so it was hard to every day hour after hour just like never have a moment to themselves and so I think yeah that that was a very eye-opening experience for me to know like I was doing the same thing I was trying to be strong I wasn't wanting to help and you think yourself as a burden you think that you're like coming in with your problems everybody else has their own so you don't want to unload what you're dealing with on someone else. But if you just think about how much you enjoy helping someone else when they're going through something, that's the same way that they want to help you too. So, And I felt like you really came alive during that time, which was really cool for me to see because as people started to meet with you in that group, a lot of times we'd have conversations because I feel this way all the time with what I do. And you were, you were feeling it too. Like, I don't feel like I have any of the answers that are going to help these people. But realizing that people didn't need answers, they just needed presence. They needed someone to be with them saying, I see you because when you do that for someone, they feel like God sees them because we're his hands, we're his feet, we're carriers of his presence. And to see you push through, once again, awkwardness and insecurity and just be faithful with the story and experiences God had given you to minister to other people going through the same thing It was just really beautiful to watch and also a great example for anyone listening of God takes the pain that we have experienced or are experiencing, and then we can use that to have compassion for other people in that same place. A thing that we want to be faithful to with our lives of saying, hey, we we do have kids who have walked through and are walking through different special needs. How can we be an encouragement to parents and to children who are in that same spot. So what would you say to someone now who's listening and they just got the diagnosis, they have a child with fill in the blank condition that scares them. It consumes so much of their day, their heart breaks. Like for the person that's in that place, speak encouragement over them or speak some practical guidance. I mean, I think I would go back to what we said earlier, like just take it one step at a time, one day at a time. Like what, what is the thing right now that you can do? Um, And I think too, giving yourself grace at the beginning, when you're first walking through a diagnosis, you are allowed to have all the emotions. Like you are allowed to be hurt, to struggle, to, be mad. Like you can, you are allowed to have all that, but then after you process some of that, then come out from it and say, okay, my task right now is that God has given me a child that has blank and I am going to be like a good steward of what he's given me. And so I think you learned so much that you don't even realize Like, I can't remember who said it, but there was someone who talked about like pain opens doors. And so when you walk through something so hard like that, there are doors open to to areas that you would never have been able to go into. And so I just remember like us in the NICU when we were actually when we came back the second time, but both times, like several people would just be like, y'all are, y'all are very different parents sitting in this NICU than what we normally see. Cause we had verses and we were praying, we were laughing with nurses because we, we knew like God's in control here. Like we're, we're also here to talk to these nurses and be a light for them. And so there was a door open that we would have never gone through if we hadn't had that, that opportunity. So maybe, maybe walking through when you can, like, you're not going to be there day one of being able to see, you know, ministry opportunities and those things. But when you get to that place, just being able to know God's put you here for a reason. And um, there's some things that you're going to be able to do that um, you wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. And you're going to learn a lot of things. Like there's so many of the moms that were in my group that just, 
you know, if their child had autism or Down syndrome, or they're just like, I have learned so much through just being their mom. Like they have taught me more than I feel like I've even contributed to them because of just their joy at life or just something that they see in a different way because of what they're walking through. And so you, you, if you can kind of turn your perspective to go, what am I going to get to see through this child that I I wouldn't have gotten to see otherwise um, is a really beautiful thing too. Um, So I think I would say all of that to to someone walking (laughs) through it. And then I would just say, please gather some people around you have, have some people who can walk alongside of you because you're going to have a day where it is really, really hard and you're not going to want to deal with it. And you need someone that you can say, I just need you to come sit with me or I need, I need, you know, you don't help me with whatever it is. And um, if you haven't started putting those people in place, then they're not there when you need them. And so just letting yourself be vulnerable and open up and, um, you know, having a community of people who want to help you. Because yeah. I think that that's really important too. What would yeah. you add? Oh, everything you said was was great. The only thing I would add is as you were talking, I was thinking about just the prayers that we would pray during those times were very desperate prayers. They weren't pretty. And a lot of times they were through tears. A lot of times I didn't feel like I had a lot of faith. I had a lot of confusion, but I felt like God kept reminding us, just keep bringing all that to me Keep and keep asking bold prayers and keep bringing faith. Even if it's just like the time, I feel like just the faith to turn to Jesus and say the word help. That's all the faith God needs. That's the faith of a mustard yeah. seed. But I, I mean, we've seen God do miracles in our kids' lives and in Adley's life and Liana's life and Sydney's life. And they are doing far better than we ever could have imagined they were doing. And something God convicted me on probably about a year ago is I felt like he said, I love the fact that you shared the pain of your story because people need to know that other people have walked through that pain. He goes, but I don't feel like you're representing the miracle of your story well, because sometimes I would almost downplay that in talking about it because I didn't want, I was thinking about the person who didn't have their prayer answered the way they wanted. And some of our prayers have been answered the way we wanted, but I remember some weren't. Like we prayed that there would be these miraculous healings of Liana's brain bleed after a scan. And those scans always showed the brain bleed. Yet God has miraculously over the years, we've seen, yes, she has hemiparesis. She has weakness on her right side, but it's so mild. And we were told she would never walk or talk. So the miracle didn't come the way we wanted, but we still experienced a miracle. You know, say Adley has had her own version of that. Sydney's had her own version of that. Mm-hmm. And so I think you can kind of hold two tensions in your hand of, of the pain, the frustration, still things like, oh, I wish one of our girls could do this. I wish she didn't have to deal with this. But at the same time, celebrating and look at what God did and look at this amazing just miracle in front of me. That is a constant testimony to God's faithfulness. And I feel like people need to be reminded that God still does miracles today. And sometimes they're instantaneous miracles and sometimes they're very slow miracles. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you get the yes to the prayer that you're praying and sometimes you get a no, but God is always working. And I feel like if we continue to bring our faith to Him and continue to bring our heart to Him and continue to trust Him, He will work in our story. He will work in our hearts. He will work all things to good for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. It doesn't mean everything is good, but He will work things according to His purposes so that they will turn out good, whether it's in this side of eternity or the next. So all that to say, I would just encourage people to pray honest prayers, pray simple prayers, but pray without ceasing and still like pray bold prayers and believe that God can do the impossible. I don't think that's naive. I don't think that's something that God just did in the Bible. I think it's something that God wants to do today. And it's 
his prerogative how he moves. It's his prerogative whether he works through medicine or something that defies logic. Our response is just to bring our faith and our obedience and to do what we can do and then call upon him to do what only he can do. I love that. I love just like remembering how big of a miracle the girls all are. And um, we even tell them all the time, like, we want you to remember, like, God has given you such an amazing story that you're going to be able to share because they're, they're all of them, you know, as babies, it was touch and go. Like we, we were told like, there's a percent that they may not even make it. And um, so to be able to just say like, God has been so good to our family and like, I mean, the, the twins are about to start like driver's ed. And so to even just be like, we're at that point mm-hmm. where they said they might not walk or, you know, walk or talk, but here they are about to drive a car. Like that is a miracle. And so um, I, I totally agree with what you said. I think that's such an important thing for families to remember as they walk through things to um, let God be in control of it. But our job is to, to pray, pray for it. And um you know, and I, I guess not even like get um, uh, jaded maybe of yeah. when it doesn't turn out what, how we like, or if you've been praying for years and years and years and you still don't see where it is um, to still keep that, that prayer going. Cause it is hard when you don't see the outcome yeah. that you want to see, but um but there's a, a point where you can get like frustrated with God or you can say, I'm just going to keep trusting in God's timing for this. And and as your kids get older, helping them see all the amazing things God did. Like, I feel like we're trying now to even turn it to to them and whether or not mm-hmm. some, I know some people like your child's not able to talk or whatever, but even just like talking over them and saying like, this was your story. This is how God has been so good to you. Um, cause I, I think we see a little bit of it, um, and I'm sure it'll continue, but just of, um, them knowing, okay, I can't do this that so-and-so can, and, or I, I like Sydney, I have to do breathing treatments or I have to, um, get milk through a G-tube. Nobody else, none of my friends have to do that. So how can you start helping them to have a different perspective, um, because that's hard. That's hard to be a kid and walk through something where you're different. And, um, and our girls are homeschooled. So they, I guess, don't have it as much as like someone in public school, but to have to, to see everybody be a little bit different or have something and you go, God, why did you put that on me as, you know, as a child? And so we're trying to navigate and I don't know if we're doing it perfectly or not. I guess we'll, we're definitely not doing it perfectly. Definitely not um, (laughs) Not perfectly, but like, I hope that we're helping them, you know, trust God in a way and say, yeah, I know that's hard that you're walking through this. Um, but to, to steward their hearts and their minds, to still trust God with it, still be praying for their own healing too. Um, Cause they're at an age where they can be praying that over themselves as well. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's a different, like there's a lot of when they're babies or whatever, like you're dealing it with for yourself, but then there's this other step that then comes later where now you're having to parent your child through it as well um, and help them process it. So we've kind of seen that little bit of that journey and our girls are doing, I think, fairly well with it. Um, but that's that's still a hard place. Yeah. Well, I think they're doing well with it because they have such a great role model and example with you. So I would love for you. And you. <laughs> um, I would love for you as we close this this time, just to pray for the person who is experiencing a very painful no to a prayer that they're praying for someone that they love. And they hear us talk about miracles and it's like, well, I didn't get my miracle. I didn't get the answer that I was praying for. Will you just pray for God's comfort and presence to surround someone in that situation? I will, yeah. Uh, Jesus, I just thank you for your love and um, your goodness and your sacrifice for us. And um, God, I know there's some people listening right now that are walking through some really difficult seasons of life and circumstances, and they've been praying and praying and praying, and they just feel like you're saying no 
And God, we will never understand why you say no to certain things, but we just want to trust you. We want to just live our lives just fully in um, just obedience to you, God, and walking hand in hand with you. And so I pray for that person right now that they would just continue to lean into you, Lord, that they would just feel your strength and your peace as you um, just walk them through this process, that they would know that you will never leave them, you will never forsake them, that you will always be there for them, and that in your time, God, that you will reveal um either a healing or um, why something happened, or maybe it isn't on this side, but we'll see when we're with you um, in heaven, God, that we that we walked through this journey and that you had a purpose and a reason for all of it, God. And so um, we just love you. And I pray just specifically um, for those out there that are walking through that they, they had something when they were younger that was with them and they're listening to this podcast. Um, maybe they just need to start praying and asking God for bold, bold prayers again, and um, have faith, and that you can you can continue to heal and work in their life as well. Um, and God, we just thank you for just just that you still bring miracles, that you still bring slow, gradual healing as well. That um, even when we don't understand, that you are there and you comfort us. And so I pray that over so many people um, today and we love you so much in your name. We pray. Amen. Amen. Ferris, thank you for being on this podcast, but more importantly, being my wife, (laughs) the mother to our children. Um, And I think you should come back sometime for all of our listeners. If you want Ferris back, (laughs) let us know in the reviews, leave a comment on YouTube. DM me on Instagram and demand that Ferris Joy comes back <laughs> to Dreamers and That's Disciples. That's going to be sad, though, if it, you, it's nothing. It's crickets. I'll be like, well, well I'll stay in the shadows then. <laughs> if, if you don't want Ferris to be sad, do all these things I just asked you to do. <laughs> and then also subscribe because we've got some exciting things coming up are yet to come on season two. So thanks for being with us today for Dreamers and Disciples. We'll see you back here next week. Mm